Are you ready? It's almost time for round two of the Battle of Alberta. Will Nazem Qadri continue his hot streak? Will the flames engulf the Oil's offense? Will the Oilers take advantage of the Flames' weird schedule? And will Markstrom be in the net? Tonight we fight. We fight for pride. We fight for honor. We will not let these posers take advantage of us. In our house, we will stand up and we will shout to the Saddle Dome rooftops. We are the fucking kings of Alberta and you have no place here. So get the fuck jogging on and give us our two points. Welcome everybody to Big Bill's Flamecast for October the 29th, 2022. Coming to you live always from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Huge game for you guys tonight. Battle of Alberta, round two. Flames can sweep the Oilers in season series tonight and make a major statement. Nelson Kadri's on fire. Flames on the hottest start in franchise history. And the Oilers are keeping pace. Huge, huge, huge game tonight. I don't have to tell you guys. The Battle of Alberta always is an incredible game, incredible series in the regular season, and especially in the playoffs. That's when the Battle of Alberta has always gone to an, another entire level. And for some of you guys who don't know, I'm pretty sure 99% of you guys know that the Oilers and the Flames didn't meet in the playoffs for a ridiculously long time until last season where we got uh, we got spanked. Okay, I'm I'm uh, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna miss words. We got we got fucking spanked, and it was embarrassing. It was absolutely humiliating, and I uh, it still burns my ball sack because we were the better team. We we had so many more pieces to our team, and I still believe that the Oilers team are not as good as. They claim they are. They have two amazing guys, and they have a horrible defense, and their goaltending is suspect at best. And all of these Oilers 
uh, fans, they just constantly chirp and chirp and chirp and they just think that they're they're the fucking cat's ass and they're the greatest thing since sliced bread and they have no idea what kind of team they're in store for this year. We already beat them. If we beat them tonight, it's a major statement. It's it's uh, showing them we're, we're not forgetting what happened in the playoffs and you're not going to do it to us again. And you had your chance. You took it. You, you failed against the Avalanche and your time is done. We have seven years with our guys, uh, a seven-year window optimistically that these guys can make multiple attempts at the Stanley Cup and everything is is going great for the Flames right now and this is the perfect game and a perfect opponent for where we are right now because we're on this ridiculously long homestand and this is where bad habits and things can creep in and this is going to be a massive test for the Flames to see where they are, how they handle these awkward schedules, and, you know, if they're going to be up for this game, which I absolutely believe that they're up for this game. You can't get away from the buzz. The city's just intense. Everybody loves the Battle of Alberta. Both fan bases are in each cities. It's like two family members that uh, like two siblings that that uh, love each other but hate each other at the same time and it's just a great atmosphere it's it's you know we like to play it up as it's the most intense thing ever but honestly it's just families getting together bragging rights and it's just a, a really good time and I always look forward to the Battle of Alberta these are the the best games to watch they're so fun and tonight is going to be absolutely off the hook because of all the reasons that I said. The Flames could come out sluggish. They could back off of these guys. And, you know, even though I don't believe this team is as good as they think they are, the fan base, they're still absolutely dangerous and could totally make a fool out of us at any time if we don't stay to our system and stick to our plans because it, as we've seen in the playoffs, it's very easy for this team to overwhelm if we don't stick to our game and start getting into our own heads and thinking we can do it ourselves. Uh, you know, it's good to see Nas actually coming in, not being the guy who's like, even though he's scoring all these goals and, you know, is Mr. Franchise here, it seems, the next uh, Jerome McGinley-type guy. Uh, you know, it's he's not, uh, you know, making himself to be all about him. You know, Daryl Sutter has said that his, his leadership is underrated, as we'll hear from Daryl. And that, you know, that's very exciting to me, to hear that, to, to hear that this guy who, you know, we really needed that Kachuk template kind of guy who is is a, a guy who's going to get gritty, who's going to get in there and get into the to the craw of these other top-end players. But, you know, to have a regulator on there, to have a, a laser beam instead of a shotgun, you know, 
it's it, you can really see that Nas is tuning his game. He's being that laser and not the shotgun. And I'm extremely excited to see how far uh, Nas can go because we're just getting started here and he's fitting in like a glove. And, you know, a lot of people are looking to Huberto. Why isn't he producing the same pace? And the fact of the matter is, you know, Nas just got off an amazing season, won the cup, is fired up, ready to rock. And Huberto just got dealt from the only team he's ever known. His heart is broken. He's trying to fit into this new team. And, you know, we got to cut him some slack here. It's 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 really uh, harsh to just kind of put all that shit on on this guy who's who's trying to do what he can and not everybody's the same you know especially you know we're going to talk later later in nitpicks about you know Lindholm but if you think about you know we got a French Canadian winger and we got a Swedish center and you know uh, a Canadian on the uh, other wing you know the communication may not be so great uh with that with that group and it takes time, you know, communication, styles, everything. So, you know, there's there's so much behind the scenes that we're not seeing. So even when I'm doing nitpicks and stuff, and, and when you guys are, are doing your kind of nitpicks at home, you know, always got to slot into that human side of things, you know, especially with a guy who, like I said, just got uh, his heart broken and, and kicked off the only team he's ever known, sent up up north to Canada, you know, it's a morale crusher, even though he signed this ridiculous deal and he's, you know, in the prime of his life and he has such an amazing future with this team ahead of him. His heart is still broken and you can see it. You can see him trying to be strong and say, you know, it doesn't bother me, but it pissed him off. It broke his heart and he is choked. And, you know, once he gets that focused, that that thing where everything starts clicking for him and he feels comfortable in in the locker room and he feels like he's truly um the huge part of this team that he already is that the city has already embraced him you know and and once he feels that love from the fans he is going to open up a can of whoop ass that's going to be on the same level as Nazem Kadri. I have no doubt in my mind that Huberto is going to be a phenomenal player here in Calgary and another franchise player that is just going to go so far for this team. And I couldn't be happier as a Flames fan right now, you know, to to have the team finally get good and then get slapped in the face with those with those players leaving, uh, especially uh, Johnny Gaudreau, that still burns my ass. Even though you know he's got to do what he's got to do financially, but the way you go about things, in my opinion, I think it was low blow. It was uh, it was disrespectful to Brad, disrespectful to him and everything he's done, and. You know, Brad Tree Living is a is a really good dude, and he would have hooked him up with a way better deal, but he chose to piss all over his face, and that's just downright disrespectful. You don't piss in a man's face, especially when he fed you so well your entire career. Makes me sick. Anyways, enough of that. We have so much to talk about. 
Uh, who's going to be in net? Is it going to be Markstrom? We know who's in net for the Oilers. It's going to be Skinner. And, uh, you know, they he had a great showing the last time. I don't think he was scored on in that game in Edmonton. So we're going to see uh, if Skinner's in, in net. And if he is, how good he's going to play. Uh, you know, like always, whoever's in net for practice, it's not 100% that they're going to be skating. A lot of head games going on with stuff like that. So who knows if Markstrom's going to be in net. But yes, he was uh, in the paint for the practice. So we will see. I really hope Markstrom will be uh, playing tonight to make his statement saying that he's not intimidated by the Oilers whatsoever. And, you know, it's a, it's a statement game for him because of the playoffs, let's face it. So uh, Nazem Kadri has been having one hell of a start and Daryl Sutter today during his um, presser talked about that talked about the play of the Flames and so we're going to hear from Daryl and then after that we're going to hear from Nas we also have some audio from the Oilers a little bit of uh, uh, other side audio courtesy of calgaryflames.com so we're going to hear from daryl nurse and woodcroft the coach of the oilers so lots of stuff to get to but right now i want to get to daryl sutter second battle of alberta of the season where are you hoping to see out of your group tonight just continue do the little things right be a good game always is where are you where's your team do you think not a good record as your team is you know you know you're always trying to improve things as you go I think you just keep really even keel and work with guys, individuals, and you know, we've, we haven't played many games, so <laughs> we've had a lot of video and a lot of coaching and a lot of off-ice workouts and all that. So just trying to get a get some rhythm to it all. You know, really, we don't start, we don't get busy till starting this coming Tuesday. And then we then you're more into this is another week. In fact, this is the last week other than the first week of January where we only played two games a week. Right. Then you get into threes and fours for the whole time. Gerald, this is your second full season with, with this group. Are, how does the relationship with you and your players change as you get to know them better and, and the months and years start accumulating? Yeah, I think it's just build a trust. I think that you know it's not really two years with these guys we lost. You need to look at it. There's, you know, at the top end of our lineup, we... You know, we made some significant change there, so that's you know Naz has been an easy, easy slide for him, right? But you know for the new, other new guys, it's you know it takes time. You know the players got to get to know them, coaches got to get to know them, players got to get to know coaches. So you know it's you tr you turn over five to six guys. It doesn't sound like much, but you know in the context of your team here, that's a quarter of your team. You've seen a lot of Nazem Kadri over the years. What do you like about him now that he's in your room as a coach? I think he's, his leadership is probably goes a little bit under the radar. I think that's really important. And now that he's won a championship, he understands that uh, that role part of it really well. I think it's it's not about Naz. It's about it's about how the how the team does and how the game goes. 
you know, a short summer and, and uh, you know, a, yeah. a little bit of uncertainty, but he's getting <coughs> the ground running. How's he able to do that? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously he took care of himself, trained, and, and uh, you know, the way he plays, it's, you know, there's always little changes style-wise, system-wise, always that, like what responsibilities are. But I think that the way he plays, he can adjust easily, easily and that's there's no hesitation in his game. Well, it's exciting. Obviously, you want to get a good start at home and uh, take advantage of, uh, of the home ice. And, you know, these are important points. So, uh, you know, we're going to be ready to go. Have you guys, you know, this is a stretch, obviously, that you, I'm sure you'd like to play more games, but have you been able to take advantage of the time off you've had? I think so, for sure. Uh, it's nice to be able to put in some, you know, solid practice days and, uh, you know, kind of get familiarized with everything and, you know, more of a, a teaching month, for sure, just in terms of structure and how we uh, exactly want to play. So, you know, I think we've taken full advantage of, uh, you know, the rest period by uh, by putting in some work. Daryl mentioned earlier that uh, your leadership qualities are a bit underrated. I was wondering if you could describe what your leadership style is like. Uh, positive, you know. I just uh, try to try to stay balanced and, uh, you know, encourage everybody to do what they do best. And, um, you know, uh, I can be vocal uh, at the same time. So, you know, for me, it's, uh, you know, I think everybody uh, plays better when they're in a positive mindset and, and an aggressive mindset, and that's how I try to approach my game as well. Speaking of the mindset, you've been home for a long time. You probably love to get on the road as a group, uh, and now it's a little bit of time in between games, which probably doesn't sit well. But knowing where you are and knowing what's ahead of you, what is the mindset of this group right now, the mood? Uh, mood's great. Mood's great. I mean, it's obviously a lot of fun when you're winning. That's just, uh, you know, goes without saying. But, you know, that being said, I think, uh, you know, you still got to prepare the right way and you still got to put their work in because, you know, everyone else is doing the same thing. So, yeah, we haven't played a ton of games. We've got some games in hand, but, uh, you know, those, those you know, that doesn't mean much unless you win those games. So, uh, you know, we've, uh, we're definitely prepared and, you know, excited to continue, uh, hopefully, this hot run. What's uh, players say, and coaches have said that you're a big game player, that you rise to the occasion. Saturday night versus the ball at the Edmonton Oilers. Like, what goes into being a big game player? Why do you think they say that about you? Uh, I don't know. Obviously, you had to perform pretty well. So I think uh, for me, I just approach any game really the same way. I don't, you know, circle Saturdays on my calendar or anything. I just uh, understand it's a it's a key opponent, a great opponent with some great players. And uh, you know, I think playing against the best always brings the best out of me. So um, you know, I relish in those kind of opportunities because you know I want to be out there when it really matters and when it really counts. And um, you know, I don't shy away from any uh, any uh, type of that stuff. You've been, you've been a guy that's had decent success checking cards, David, over the years. There's been a lot of guys tried. You've tried and done pretty well at it. How come? Um, I, I don't know. I just try to play him as hard as I can. And, you know, Connor's obviously a, a gifted player. And, um, you know, you got to be sharp every every second you're on the ice with him because he doesn't need much time or uh, much space to, uh, to make a play. So, you know, I think it's just consistently trying to uh, wear on him. But, you know, it is hard to do. He's an exceptional player. Is there a psychological aspect you need to get inside his, between his ears a little bit as much as anything else? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. I, uh, you know, I know him a little bit too. So, I, uh, you know, I, I leave the chirping out of it, but definitely, uh, definitely hard on him for sure. You know, 
to try to take away his space. You know, that, that guy takes off in a couple strides, so you got to always be aware when he's out there, similar to, you know, all the great players. When a guy comes to a new team, there's supposed to be an adjustment period. Why has it been so seamless for you and the Flames? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know, really. I think it just we got a great group of guys in here that, uh, you know, encourage me and I encourage them. And I think, uh, you know, we work well together and just, uh, you know, try to feed off each other. So, um, you know, we got a great locker room, a lot of mature guys that uh, understand, you know, when to have fun and when to be serious. So I think that's uh, that's an important balance. Welcome back, everybody. That was Daryl Sutter and Nazem Kadri for you on this Battle of Alberta special edition of Big Bill's Flamecast. Hope you guys are digging the Flamecast so far. In this short time we've been together, I'm most excited to be having these out for you guys, and uh, they're only going to get better, especially when we got games like this to look forward to. So before we uh, heard from Daryl Sutter and Nazem, uh, we were talking about uh, Markstrom, and we were talking about what the Flames need to do tonight to be successful. And obviously, goaltending is huge when you're facing the Oilers. And there's so many questions about our goaltending this season, even though we have the strongest goaltending I think this, this uh, franchise has ever had. Um, and that's saying a lot because Mika Kiprasov is my favorite hockey player um, of the Flames' uh, history. My favorite all-time hockey player is Gordy Howe, uh, just for information's sake, put out there. But uh, no, my favorite goalie of all time, Mika Kiprasov. The reason I say that this is a better, uh, we have a stronger presence in that is because of the tandem that we have when Mika was here it was all Mika and you know one particular season uh Jamie McLennan really helped us get uh to the next stage before Kipper got back and then of course with a nice rested Kipper we went all the way to the finals and dare I say won the Stanley Cup in game six but we'll not reopen that wound for all of you Flames fans out there so, yeah, Markstrom has to have uh, a, a statement game tonight. He has to be in there. I really hope that they put him in net. We need to, to shut up these, these Oilers fans that are just chirping constantly because we know Markstrom can play against any team in this league. And like any goaltender, he's going to have teams he's better at and teams he's not so good at. But this is a team that we have to have our best players for. Not a shot at uh, Vladar whatsoever. He's not our number one netminder. Markstrom is. And when you're going up against the best, you got to have the best in net. And that's where we are right now. And I don't think this is Daryl going back on his word or what he said about goaltending and, and putting in, uh, you know, our backup more often with Vladar going in once a week. I believe Vladar will be in net for the next game. And, you know, and if for any reason whatsoever, uh, you know that Markson will get the hook. If Daryl if Sutter feels like he needs to get pulled, he will. 
So we may still see Vladar tonight, which I hope that's not the case. But I truly believe that Markstrom is is in the zone. He's you know well rested, and I believe that he's going to have a really strong game tonight and going to really make a presence. Um, and if they have their backup Skinner in net, you know, with these backups, sometimes the the top end players they don't know them. They don't know their style. They don't know their their quirks and what you know where to score on them. So right now, Skinner is a question mark for our offense. So that means we have to get those uh, second chances, shoot from the the blue line, and and really get those rebounds. And uh, you know. McNuggets can score in bunches, so we must play a boring, safe game, and we cannot get baited into playing their game because that is something that they've done to us in the playoffs, and that's something we have to absolutely not do. If we get baited, it's over, and um, it's going to be a humiliating night if we don't uh, keep them to the glass and force them to the outside and really win those those puck battles. And, and the major puck battle to win is the face-off, and that has to be a major priority for us this season is winning the face-off and having possession of that puck. And then after that, firing at the net as much as possible, getting rebounds, second and third chances uh, is the key to victory. So we have to avoid the track meet. The Oilers uh, have a horrible D. We have to chip away at the defense and just play a very boring game. I know that it's Hockey Night in Canada. Everybody's excited. It's a major game, but we have to play a boring lunchbox, hard hat type game to get out these two points because if not, it's going to be an absolute shit show. And I don't want to feel... That again, I want to sweep these guys and get ready for the playoffs. And if we meet them again, deal with it and deal with it fast, as fast as possible. Uh, so, yeah, we need those more shots from the blue line. And slow and steady is going to win this race. That is uh, the key to victory. So, right now, I want to play some audio from the other side. I want to play uh, the. Nurse audio and also Woodcroft, so it's going to be like a, a double, a double thing, like I just did with Daryl Sutter and Nazem Kadri. And then when we get back, we're going to do my nitpicks, and then we're going to wrap this sucker up. So let's get right to it. Uh, a look on the other side. Yeah, I was their start last uh, last time we played. Uh, the Flames wasn't wasn't great, uh, and we want to improve on that, but. Uh, no, they have a good team over there uh, that uh, plays the game the right way and plays hard. And for us, it's going to be a, a tight checking game. You can't open it up because uh, on most nights when you play in the Flames, it uh, doesn't work that way. But we've got a lot of confidence in our group, too. Well, I thought we've gotten a little bit better each each and every day. And that's what we set out to do. We got to 
quite understand that we're not a finished product right now. Uh, we're a work in progress, and uh, we've challenged our guys with getting a little bit better each day. And, um, you know, I think we've done that. I think if you look at the macro picture of our first eight games or so, there's been some good moments, and then there's been moments that we want to have back. What we're searching for is a measure of consistency about our game. Uh, but what I've liked and what I've enjoyed uh, as the coach of the Edmonton Oilers here in this first part of the season is how hard our, our players are working for each other. We're not perfect, we realize that, but we're working to be the best we can. Maybe you touched on it, and I guess whoever scores the most will win this one, but what will come this game come down to? You know, I've long given up trying to predict what's going to happen in the Battle of Alberta. Welcome back, everybody. Yes, it's almost time. Time for the greatest part of any Big Bill's Flamecast. It's something that I just introduced on the last show. So hopefully, a lot of you guys have been here and know what I'm talking about. But for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, it is this. Big Bill's Nitpicks. Yes, it's Big Bill's Nitpicks. And uh, I just realized what that kind of sounds like. And no, it's not something else. Um, holy. <laughs> you guys may not realize because I spliced up the audio, but I had to take a second to gather myself together. That was that was too funny. Anyways, if you got it, you got it. If not, whatever. It's uh, <clears throat> something we will never speak of again. So my nitpicks for um, for this game uh, is uh, Lindholm looks lost, and uh, last game he looked really lost, and um, I think he's really trying to get his mojo back because he, you know, he's missing Johnny Gaudreau, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't think he's he's getting his. Uh, his mojo back right now and so he you know I don't know if it's also because another center has come in and really taken over that spot and he's thinking like this guy is eventually going to take my spot because I'm not producing it's only a matter of time before Daryl's going to put him on the first line and demote him down probably to the third line because you know Back, Backlund and his uh, his level of play is definitely worthy of that second line, and you know it's it's one of those things where, like Daryl said, you know sometimes as you age, as things go, the great players will adapt to their roles, and if his role on this team is third line center, because of not having Gaudreau and Kachuk, that that may just have to be the case. Um, if if the, nothing's going to change. So we're winning now. Nothing is, uh, you know, really red alert at the moment. But I could absolutely pick Lindholm out in a bad way. On, you know, on the surface, he's looking really lost and, and for that game. I'm not going to say other games because I didn't notice him uh, being lost in other games. It was only the last game against the Penguins. So who knows, 
could be, you know, sickness. There is a bug going around in the locker room. So that is my one and only nitpick for today. So because that is my last nitpick, you know what that means, everybody. Yes, unfortunately, it's time for me to GTFO. But I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. And uh, I hope you guys also subscribe to this RSS feed. And I hope you guys share this with all your flames-loving friends. And if we win tonight, send it to your Oilers friends, too. So, thanks again, guys, so much for checking this out. I love your faces, and until next time, I'll catch you all on the flip side.